And today I'm going to continue in the series called Be Vigilant. This will be Be Vigilant Part 4. And I'm going to give a brief recap of what I covered last week. Then I'll pick up uh, for where we are going. And I already know I'm not going to be finished. I'll just have to pick it up and continue next week. And as I said last time, there currently in the world, there's a lot of strife and confusion because of lies and misinformation, half-truths. And, you know, these things spread very quickly. And there's a danger because many people will not seek the truth. They won't take the time to, to find out what is true. But we as believers in Christ, we must be vigilant. And that word vigilant means we must be careful. We must be watchful. We must be on guard. We have to watch out for danger. And not lazy so that we are not, we don't get caught up in the lies and misinformation. We have to ask the Lord for help to see the truth, to know the truth, to know what is true. And he has given us his spirit to guide and direct us. And we have to also have the courage to try the spirit. You know, when people say things and do things, you know, if, as you are led, don't be afraid to challenge them. Challenge what people are saying, you know, based on make sure you understand what you are, what you believe and what you know is true. Okay. But study the word and pray and the Lord will show us what is true. Now we were in sec the book, uh, we were in Second uh, Timothy chapter three last week. And we were in verse 13 and 14. That's where this um, whole series came forth from. But we spent a lot of our time in verse 14 in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Based on the recap, in verse 14, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, the scripture, and I'm going to read what the scripture says. It says here, and this is Paul speaking to, to Timothy. He said, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. You must continue in spite of evil men, imposters, growing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In spite of all the chaos that's going on, you must continue in the things which you have learned and have, and have been assured of. Continue in the things that you know that are right. Now, Paul's letter to Timothy warned him about these perilous times and evil men, as I said, but he encouraged him to continue doing the things that he learned, the things that he was assured of, the things that he was convinced of and know to be true, and not to forget who taught him. Now, in spite of the perilous times and evil men, he said, love with a pure heart from a good conscience and sincere faith. Our heart was be pure and love with a pure heart, love with a clear conscience. We don't have any hidden agendas. We have no ulterior motives. And he said, pray for all, for those in authority. Pray for them that we, able, we will be able to live a quiet and peaceable life. So pray for people you like or don't like. It doesn't matter if you like them or not. Pray for them. And he said, endure hardship, Timothy. It won't be easy. Endure hardship like a good soldier. You have to walk by faith and teach others also. And he said, pursue an active word. Pursue righteousness, faith, 
love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of their pure heart. Timothy, go after righteousness, faith, love, peace with people with a like mind who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So be pursue these things, these godly attributes with people of a like mind who have a pure heart, just like your heart is pure, Timothy. So those are those are little uh, things we have to be make sure we are aware of. He said, don't get into things with people which cause disputes. So for example, lies, misinformation, half-truths. There are things, people, I'll tell you right up and right up front, there are people in the faith who believe different things about the things that are happening in this world. We as believers in Christ must not allow our differences of opinions to cause division in the body. We have to put aside our own personal beliefs our own personal biases and make sure that what we're doing is to edify each other in the faith. Because that's what Paul told Timothy, pursue love. What is that love? That's the love of God. And that love puts the needs of others before our own needs. Even though we may think we are right, we don't have the right to be right. Okay? We have to put the needs of others before our own needs because that's what Jesus did. That's what the Father God did. Man deserved death, but God sent his only begotten son so that we, he put the needs of lost man before the needs of his own son. He allowed his son to be put on the cross to to redeem fallen man. So God was right, but he was willing to sacrifice his only son to give man an opportunity to be reconciled to himself. So we also must love each other that same way. Don't allow dispute, arguments, quarreling. Don't allow those things to cause division in the body of Christ. So that was basically a, a snapshot of what I spoke about last week. And today I want to continue in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 12. We will read that. And there are some things I want to kind of flesh out in there. And uh, I think it's going to be beneficial to all of us. I know it's been blessing me and helping me. And I'm sure if you have an open heart, you will also be blessed by it. The scripture we're going to read is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 12. Now remember, this is the first letter. Paul wrote Timothy two letters. One is called 1 Timothy. One is called 2 Timothy. So I'm in the first letter uh, that Paul wrote to Timothy. And the scripture reading goes as follows. Verse 6, now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these things, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown the men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight 
the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, there's a few things I want to point out here. And the reason is Paul told Timothy, was telling Timothy about what was happening and what will happen. He talked about evil men. He talked about um, seducers and imposters. But I also had remember what Paul is telling Timothy here. There are also those in the body who will be distracted because he said here in verse 10, he said, for the love of money is a root or the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So as I said before, as, I, as the scripture says here, they are even those in the faith who will stray because of their own greed and lust. So it's not only outside the world, it's, even, it's also in the church. You, we have to be vigilant. We have to be watchful for our own heart so we are not seduced and pulled away from the faith like others who have been and will be and are being pulled away from the faith because of their loss of their own flesh. We have to be vigilant. Okay, I don't care how much you love me. I don't care if you love this pastor, you love this person, you love whatever. Do not allow, if they're walking in the light, wonderful. If they are straying, do not allow yourself to be led astray by, by these people. You have to be, you have to guard your heart. You have to be very careful what you allow in your heart, what you allow in your mind. You have to be careful. Test the spirit. Be careful of the things you listen to. Okay. These are just, uh, you know, things Paul was warning Timothy of. And I believe this is what the Spirit of God is saying to us in this time we are living in about being, being vigilant. So Paul's letter to Timothy was to warn and encourage him. And Walt, he warned him about false teachers, greedy men, and their motives. So Paul is encouraging him, focus on what's important. Paul is saying in verse 6, he said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Living a righteous, godly life with contentment. With contentment means that you are at peace, that you are settled in what you are doing and where you are in your position in life. The caveat with that is with Timothy, this is predicated on you knowing your purpose. If you're walking in the light, if you're walking in the purpose God has established for your life. Paul is telling Timothy, be content in your situation because you are pleasing God and not pleasing your own self. I hope you understand my, what I'm saying there. Godliness with contentment is great gain. He said, because he's telling Timothy, we brought nothing in this world and it is certain we can take nothing out. Having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. So Paul is telling Timothy, if you have food to eat, you have clothing. He said, with these things, you shall be content. Why is he telling him this thing? Again, it's predicated on his purpose. He said, Timothy, you're a young pastor. You will be preaching and teaching. He said, there are a lot of things that are going to be trying to distract you and distract 
from the faith. But he said, if you're walking in your purpose, because if you know, if you read back and see what, what Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy said, Timothy, from a young child, you have known the Holy Scriptures. And you, Timothy, a young pastor or leader, you're being raised up to lead. You're being raised up to teach. And he said, whatever you have, be content in it. The important thing is, Timothy, is that you walk in your purpose. And that's the same thing I'll say about all of us on this line. If you understand that you're walking in your purpose, you will not be easily distracted and taken off course in your faith. But the question is, do you know what your purpose is in the faith? Do you know why you are here? Do you know why you have been added and called into the body of Christ? Do we know these things? Do we understand these things? And these are questions we need to ask ourselves. You know, don't be frustrated if you don't know what they are. But the Lord will reveal it to you in time if you, if, if you are really serious about wanting to know your purpose. In verse 9, Paul is telling Timothy here, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. He's saying the desire to be rich leads to temptation and a snare. There is nothing wrong with being rich. The Bible clearly says it is, it is the Lord who gave us power or the ability to obtain wealth. But then the scripture says right after it, he adds no sorrow to it. God gives some people, not everyone, the ability to gain wealth. But when he does that, you don't have to struggle to be wealthy. And you don't lose sleep over being wealthy. If you're struggling, if you're losing sleep, you got this wealth on your own strength and not by the power of God, not by the grace of God. And then you can't sleep because you're worrying about how you're going to keep your wealth, how you're going to maintain your wealth, and who's going to come up with the next idea to take your wealth away from you. There's a difference. Okay, There's nothing wrong with being wealthy if that's God's call and purpose for your life and there's a purpose for for a person being wealthy i'm talking about the body of christ i'm not talking about the people in the world there are people in the body of christ who are wealthy and there's a purpose for that the purpose of of your wealth is to edify the body that's the purpose of the wealth god gave you the wealth to be a blessing to the body because we all need each other there's a need there's a, I mean, there's a purpose for everyone in the body. Not everyone has the same gift. Not everyone has the same ability. And we all can't because the body is made up of different members. So just understand that. Some have, some people have wealth, but they don't have the gift of, of, of tongues or they don't have the, 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 uh, they can't interpret, um, uh, tongues or they can't, uh, they, they don't have the spirit of discernment. We all have different gifts and abilities in the body. So he's saying here in verse 9, those who desire to be rich fall in temptation and a snare. Maybe God didn't call, God didn't call Timothy to be a wealthy man. So if Timothy got off track and pursued wealth, he's going to end up in trouble. He's going to end up in trouble. Why? Because he's pursuing something he's not called to do. And with that, there's temptation. And with that temptation, you end up in a, in a trap. 
Okay, because you are after pleasing your own self and not doing the will of God. Don't get me wrong. I said there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. What I'm saying is understand what Paul is telling Timothy here. Know your purpose. Be loyal to the Lord and the call on your life. And be content in the situation you are in. Don't get, allow yourself to be distracted. And he said in verse 10, for the love of money is a root or the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. They didn't say that money is the root of all evil. They said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Why? Because the, these people who started in the faith, they got distracted and their motive became wealth became money and not following the, the call of Christ upon their life. So they got distracted. Okay, so understand that. Understand that. You know, whether you wear a $2,000 suit or a red sole shoes, it's not, Jesus don't care about that. He don't care about how you look. Because these people, Paul and these people who were before, these people look like, uh, like raggedy people. Some of them. Some of them just had, were wearing regular clothes. But what was the difference with these people? People will see them and Paul will clearly say, look, I have nothing to look at. You know, I have no eloquence of speech. But he said the kingdom of God is not in words and eloquent speech. It is a demonstration of spirit and of power. So why do you think the rich why do you think the centurion and all these people of, 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 of high esteem, even uh, Zacchaeus came looking for Jesus? Why did these lowly people was pursued and sought out by the rich, some of the rich? Because the, the wealth, the people with them, they had the money, but the money couldn't give them the answers they needed. So they had to pursue the people, the lowly apostles and Jesus who was walking in humility because they have the answers, the answers to the, the problems that their wealth couldn't give them. So they say the kingdom of God is not about eloquence of speech. It's not about how you dress. It's not about the house you live or the car you drive. It's the demonstration of the spirit and of power. What is the fruit coming out of our lives? That is what draws, will draw people. And they're not drawn to you. They're drawn to the spirit. They're being drawn to the Christ in you. And that's what it's all about. So he said, Timothy, don't be distracted by the people who want to pursue wealth and fame. Don't be distracted by that. You keep your mind focused on what your call is. Don't be distracted, Timothy, by evil men and imposters. You continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of. Don't allow yourself to become distracted. You know, the desire to be rich, as I said, leads to temptation and a snare. But we also have to ask ourselves this important question. What are we willing to sacrifice to acquire wealth? What are we willing to sacrifice to acquire wealth? Is what you want, is what we want, God's will for our lives? You know, some people are willing to sacrifice their marriage, their family, their kids. They're willing to sacrifice their soul for wealth. But the child of God cannot think like that. They cannot be like that. Because that's how you end up in loss. That's how you end up in corruption. 
That's how you end up with many sorrows because you are willing to sacrifice your soul, your family, things that are really, that really matter in your life to obtain wealth. As I said, there's nothing wrong with wealth. It's what are you willing to sacrifice to acquire it? There's a cost. What Paul was saying to Timothy here, live a purposeful life. What is, when I say live a purposeful life, what does that mean? Continuing the call, Timothy, on your life. Because that is your purpose. That is why you have been called in the time that you are living in, Timothy. You're called to lead. You're called to preach. You're called to teach others in the faith. And I, Paul, I am encouraging you in the faith to focus on the things that matter, the things that you have learned, the things that you have been assured of. These are the things I'm encouraging you, Timothy. As a young man, because Timothy was a, was a young, a young uh, pastor, there are a lot of things that will be vying for your attention. There are a lot of things that are going to come against you, Timothy, but you have to fight the good fight of faith. You have to be able to learn to stand. Okay? Don't give in to temptation and don't stray. And here in verse um, 11, Paul is tem- telling Timothy, O man of God, and I'll say it online to all of you here, O man and woman of God, flee these things. What are these things? These, the things that are going to distract you from walking in the light. The things that are going to distract you from walking by faith. The things that are going to distract you from focusing on the things of God and the call on your life. Flee those things and pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. And in verse 12, Paul is telling Timothy what he has to do. So that he can keep walking in the faith. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. He said, to which you are also called. And have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He said, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. That lay hold is an active, is an active phrase. Lay hold on eternal life. There is something, Timothy, you have to do. To lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight. Lay hold on eternal life. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to introduce now what Paul said to the, the church in Ephesus that applies to what Timothy needed to do. And what the saints in Ephesus and we today and the body of Christ, what we need to be doing. So I'll give you a minute to get to Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 11 to 13, that's all I'm going to cover today. Next week, we'll cover the rest of it. Now, before I read it, there's something I need to, I need to, to explain here. Evil men, imposters, and so forth, right? They were then and they are now. We must understand, as children of God, the arena and the players in the battlefield for our minds. The battlefield for our mind. Okay? Before, I think it was two messages ago in this same series, I mentioned that the devil is the one behind the scene whose aim is to steal, kill, and destroy. And I also said the world is the field. Jesus gave the parable 
Okay. He said, the world is the field and in it, there are children of the kingdom and the children of the wicked one. There are spiritual forces at work, which are more powerful than the things in the natural. Most people do not know and or understand this or these things. People do not understand the arena in which we are living. We are living in a physical world which are controlled by spiritual forces. The things we see in the natural first originated in the spirit. When God spoke these things into existence, they were already in the spirit, but manifested in the natural. The spirit realm is more powerful than the natural. Okay? Understand that. You cannot fight the spiritual things with natural weapons. If you want to do something in the natural, you have to get natural true tools. If you want to cut a tree down, you have to get a saw. If you want to climb to get a roof, you have to get a ladder. If you want to fight spiritual forces, you cannot use a ladder, you cannot use a saw. You cannot use a sword, you can't use a gun. You can't, I don't care what you put on. Physical things are not going to help you in a spiritual in a spiritual battle or warfare. You need spiritual weapons to fight a spiritual battle. You need natural weapons to fight a natural battle, a natural thing. Do you all understand that? Okay, that's very important that we understand these things. Okay? We need spiritual things to deal with spiritual issues. Natural things to deal with natural issues. And let me read the scriptures too. So now you understand what I, where my, where I'm going. Ephesians chapter six, verse 11 through 13. Paul is speaking here now to the saints in the church at, in Ephesus. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. All right, so there's a lot after that which I'll cover next week, but I need to, I need to explain something here to you. So Paul is telling the church, the saints, he say, this is what we are up against. So all the deceivers, all the liars, all the misinformation, okay, all these things, as I said, the behind the scenes is the wicked one. There are wicked spiritual forces. He's, and he's, Paul is saying what they are. He said, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We are not fighting a fight with people in the natural. Not flesh and blood. When he said flesh and blood, he's referring to the natural. He said, what we are wrestling against is against principalities. And, the, and that word principalities refers to a state ruled by a prince or jurisdiction. Powers against the rulers of darkness of this age. 
So this age, even though he, Paul was speaking back then, those despots and spiritual forces are still here and present against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. When it says heavenly places, it's not talking about God's heaven. There are three layers of heaven. There's a first, second, and third heaven. The third heaven, if you want to call it that, refer to that, is what we can see. Then there's a second and there's a first. The first is where God is, what we can't see. But there are spiritual forces in the heavenly places. Okay? That's in the realm that we cannot see, not where God is, but there is a first, second, and third. Okay? So that's in the second heaven. So Paul is saying here, this is what we are fighting against. And in verse 11 and 13, he said, put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What does, what does the world wiles mean? The world wiles mean schemes. He said, put on the armor of God so you could stand against the schemes of the devil. And in verse 13 again, because we are fighting against spiritual forces in heavenly places, put on that armor that you'll be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So the word withstand, and I'll, I'll tell you what that means. Withstand means to remain undamaged or unaffected by offering strong resistance or opposition to someone or something. Oh God, I mean, that is good. So we put on the armor of God so that we are able to withstand the assaults of wicked spirits. And what is that? That withstand in the armor allows us to offer up a strong resistance and opposition to them so that we come through undamaged or unaffected by their onslaught. That's what it means. Okay? So if you try to come against spiritual forces of wickedness in your own strength with the philosophies of men and so forth, you're not going to win. You can't fight these forces with willpower because you can't, you can't be on top of your game 24-7, 365 days a, a, a year for your whole life. They will wear you out and wear you down. You need spiritual armor. So this is what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying you need the whole armor of God so you'll be able to stand against, withstand the onslaughts, the attack of the wicked. Because that's what lies, misinformation, conspiracy theorists, imposters. That's what it is. They are being manipulated based on the loss of their own flesh. And what they're saying, these are darts. These are attacks to our mind and our beliefs. So this is what the battle is for our minds. And once you have been caught, once you have, you believe these things, the way you walk and the way you talk, you perpetuate the lie. You are snared by the enemy because you're walking in his ways. Do you, I hope you understand that. A lot of people are out there saying things and doing things and they do not understand that they are dealing and they are spewing things that are behind the scenes being manipulated by spiritual forces. 
I'm not going to take the time to go into how these things work in a natural. But the way in, in the spirit realm, everything starts as a thought. Everything starts as a thought. And you now have to take that thought and you have to you have to meditate on it. And if it's something that is in line with your own lust, you go after it. That is how you are seduced. That is how you are deceived. Everything starts with a thought. And that thought, if it's in line with your own heart, your lust, your beliefs, your desire, you go after it. Okay, I'm not going to go into too much more detail. But, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if somebody's a racist, and somebody's, if you have, let's say if you have hurt in your heart, somebody hurt you when you were young, of whatever reason or how you were brought up, all it takes is somebody just keep saying these things and you keep dwelling on these thoughts. It's going to change your heart. It's going to change your heart. And you keep, as you grow, you perpetuate these things. It starts with a thought. That's why last time I talked about the power of the tongue. We have to be very careful what we say because words have power. And words start as a thought. The intents of our heart. You talk to somebody long enough, you know what's in their heart. Why? Because what's in their heart comes out of their mouth. You know, spend enough time with somebody, talking to them, you will know exactly what's in their heart. And what's in their heart started in here and now it's in their heart. Okay? So we have to be very we are very vigilant about not only what, not only so much what we say, because what's in our head goes in our heart and that comes right out of our mouth, right out of our mouth. So we have to be very careful of what we allow to come in through our eyes, through our ears, because that eventually you keep entertaining it. It ends up in your heart and it, and it, you either speak it out or act it out. Okay. So understand there that, that the Lord didn't leave us helpless. He gave us spiritual weapons to fight a spiritual battle. He did not leave us helpless. And I'll talk more about this next week, about the armor. So these forces that we are up against, they perpetuate lies, misinformation, half-truth, with the main purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's the scripture says here, the devil, like a roaring, roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. The scripture right after says, resist him steadfast in the faith. So this is how we resist in the faith, by putting on the armor of God. This is how we keep our minds in peace. This is how we protect our heart, by putting on the armor of God. And not only putting it on, knowing how to use it and exercise it in the battle in spiritual warfare so that we protect our hearts and our minds and we protect our family. Okay? So we have to recognize what the schemes are of the enemy, what does his, his wiles, his schemes, his deceptive tricks. We have to understand what that is, recognize it, and learn how to withstand or resist them. And guess what? The armor of God is powerful. The armor of God is proven to be true and tried. Because the Bible also says, if we, when we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Draw near to God and God, God draws near to us. How do we resist? We resist in the armor of God. And the Bible says, when you withstand in the armor of God, 
the enemy will flee from you. He will flee. But you have to resist with, with the tools God has given us to resist the, the enemy. We can't do it in our own strength. You can't play basketball in football gear. You can't play baseball in basketball gear. You can't play football in baseball gear. You have to have the right equipment in the arena that you're playing. You understand that? I, you know, I don't know how else simpler to make it. You have to have the right, the right tools, the right equipment in the avenue or the venue that we are playing. And that the venue that we are in, we are in a physical world, but there's a, there's, but we also in a, in a spiritual world. Even though we are fit, we are, our sight, smell, taste, touch in the physical, but we are also spirit beings in a physical body, in a physical world, but also surrounded by a spiritual, by spiritual medium. You understand that? So we don't have to also, don't only battle in the physical, we battle in the spirit. But when you fight the battle and win the battle in the spirit, the battle in the physical has already been won. That's another one, another important thing that, we, we, that you gotta remember and know. When you win the battle in the spirit, the battle in the physical has already been won, okay? All right, so I'm gonna stop there today because there's a lot to cover, but I'll pick it up next week. And we'll continue about fighting the good fight of faith and using the armor of God. Very important, especially not only in the days we are living in, but in the times to come. Because the Bible says perilous times will come and perilous means times of great stress. It's gonna get more stressful. We have to learn to use the armor of God. Use it effectively so we can withstand in the evil day. So I hope you receive something today. I'll continue with this next week.